Blog Talk Radio. Waking up to another light, no more sorrow and no more night. You're the light, let it shine now, let it shine now. Burning bright, cause we're not ashamed. Got a world to illuminate. You're the light, let it shine now, let it shine now. tonight, or whenever you're listening on demand, to Reaching Out Radio International, and this particular broadcast is In the Word, 
with Sister Pearl. I'm your Sister Pearl, and I greet you in the name that's higher than any other name in the entire universe, and that's the name of Jesus. It's so good to be back with you once again, and uh, God has given me an exciting word for you, especially for the time that we live in, but... um. I just want to welcome all of you that are listening. Some of you are listening for the very first time, so you get the first welcome. Uh, we're excited to have you on our broadcast tonight. Um, I'm speaking from the United States of America, but you may be listening from any nation because our broadcast is uh, heard in many, many nations throughout the great continent of Africa, and certainly we know that some of the uh, greatest nations in Asia are able to tune in to uh, Reaching Out Radio International. Uh, then we also have our European countries. So we thank God for you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. We thank the Lord for all of you that are listening in one of our South American nations. God bless you. Certainly also North America. We thank God for you, Canada, the United States of America, and even some small parts of Mexico. Thank God also for those that are listening in Oceania. So that includes the great country of Australia, New Zealand, and so many other wonderful, exciting nations. Well, I believe that the Lord uh, continues to open up doors for this broadcast to be heard in so many, so many places. And so if I didn't mention your particular country or even the continent where you're listening from, just know that you are so welcome. And we thank God for you. We pray for you. And so we bless you in the name that's above all others. Again, this is your Sister Pearl with uh, Reaching Out Radio International and In the Word with Sister Pearl. I always like to give a very special uh, welcome and uh, a word of appreciation and thank you to the special servant of God who has made it possible for me to come on and um, share God's Word with you and so many of our other wonderful hosts and hostesses on Reaching Out Radio International. And so the leader, her name is Evangelist Montel Fields. And so if you happen to be listening in, Evangelist Montel, I want to just thank you for your heart, your obedience to the Lord. Thank you for your evangelistic desire to spread the gospel all over this world. And I just want to say to you, woman of God, what a huge blessing you are. I am very, very grateful to you and want to bless you and your beautiful family. Okay, so let's just go right in to what God has given me. And like I said, it's a special word uh, for this season. But before I do that, why don't we all just, wherever we are, uh, just um, humble our hearts in a word of prayer and invite the Holy Spirit to really come and minister to us. We need a word from God. Amen? Heavenly Father, in the name that's high above every other name, the name of Jesus, we just are so grateful uh, for who you are, uh, the way that you love us, the way that you care for us, how you made us, your patience with us, your love, your kindness, your generosity, and just your goodness that's past our finding out and certainly more than what we deserve. So I just want to bless you, Lord Jesus, and thank you. Thank you for the word that you've placed on my heart for the people that would be listening to this broadcast. I pray that you would captivate every heart of every man, of every woman, of every young girl, of every young boy, of every teen, of every young adult, of every... Um, senior citizen, Lord God, listening to this program. Whatever we are uh, and whoever we might be or whatever station in life we might find ourselves in, if we belong to you, you have given us a, a very clear directive, a very clear command in the hour and the time that we live in. And so, God, uh, help us to understand what that is in this hour, we pray 
be glorified. Remove all distractions from people that would want to listen and that want to hear what you're saying. Just remove distraction. Remove confusion from any mind. And God, just bring clarity and be glorified. Give me the right words to express what is on your heart in this message, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you and I are living in such an important time in history. Wow. Imagine the creator of all the universe who makes no mistakes handpicked you and me to be alive for such times as these. It is certainly very humbling, but also reassuring and empowering because we know that he has a plan and is going to work his marvelous plan if we are willing to yield, to give in, to submit to his will and allow him to lead, allow him to guide, allow him to fill us and work in us and through us as his own dear children. So tonight's theme, as you heard in the song that was played at the beginning, is shine your light. And the scripture text uh, is, I want to share with you, because I have many different scripture texts, but the one that I really want uh, to bring home to you right now is the one found in um, the gospel according to Matthew, and it's found in chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. Jesus taught his disciples, and he said, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. Amen. So this is, this is the word that we're going to be looking in tonight. And it's clearly, let your light shine. That's what we're supposed to be doing in this hour that we're living in, in the day and the culture that we're living in, we're to let the love and the light of Jesus shine in and through us. Another scripture is found in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. And it says, So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach, in the midst or right in the middle of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. So that you may become blameless and pure. Wow. Whose children? Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. I just read from two different uh, translations. The first one I read was from the New American Standard Bible, and the latter one, the last one I read, was from the NIV, the New International Version. I believe the Lord would have us in this very challenging hour. You know, everything that we know to be right, to be good, to be pure, to be just, and which pertains to life and godliness. Everything that I just mentioned that's good and pure is being questioned. It's being challenged. It's being tested. So you and I have to become as the sons of Issachar. Now we read about the sons of Issachar in First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. Of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. Do you and I understand the day in which we live in? Really? Well, in this day and hour, we need to be very discerning of the time in which we live and know what to do in these most demanding and provocative times. There's mass chaos 
and confusion. And, and that chaos and confusion is being promoted and pushed within the culture. And now even in the public schools among the very young. Our little children are being forced to even rethink the gender that God made them. So this is serious. And you and I are living in serious, sobering times. I want to bring you back to the very beginning of time. Just for a quick moment, I want us to briefly revisit what God did in the very first verses of the first book, which is Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Now, God made a division between darkness and light in the very fourth verse of the first chapter of the first book, and the theme of darkness versus light runs throughout God's word all the way to the last book of the Bible, Revelations. In Revelation 22, verse 5, it says like this, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So basically, God took an assessment of what he first created and continued to work on that creation. He took a good view of the immense darkness covering the surface of the deep and he created light. Our God is a very relevant God. He is the great I Am. Our God is the only true and living God. He said about himself in Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 8, Do not tremble and do not be afraid. Have I not long since announced it to you and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? Or is there any other rock? I know of none. Again, that's Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 8. Then in the very next chapter, chapter 45 and verse 5, he says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me. Now, if you and I are going to make a correct assessment of the times in which we live, you live and I live, then we will have to admit that while there is still a lot of wonder and beauty, thank God, laughter, joy, and light all around us, thank God, yet there is simultaneously an aggressive encroachment of darkness to agree to a degree most of us have never witnessed in all of our lives. In all of our lives. I'd like to say that again, because as I was preparing this message, this, this really, these words came to my spirit, and I, I, I want us to think, because I want us to be sober-minded. This is not a day for us to be, you know, you know, wishy-washy and very light and, you know, very careless. This is a day that we have to be sober-minded and watchful and prayerful. So I'm going to read what I wrote in that last paragraph again. If you and I are going to make a correct assessment, or in other words, if we're going to understand the times in which we live in, 
then we're going to have to admit that while there's still a lot of wonder and beauty and laughter and joy and light all around us, thank God, yet at the same time, there's an aggressive encroachment. There, there, is, there is darkness creeping up on us steadily and quickly and furious, furiously. An aggressive you know, encroachment of darkness to a degree most of us have never witnessed. We've never experienced anything like this in all of our lives. Now, here's how Paul describes our times to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Now, I did not put down exactly what portion of Scripture that is taken from, but I'm going to get it for you because I really believe it's that important that you know where this is coming from. Doesn't this sound like the kind of world that you and I are living in right now, that uh, people are without the natural affection? That means, you know, instead of men desiring, you know, if they're not married, and they're single, and it's the time for them to be married, instead of them desiring a woman, they're desiring a man just like themselves. Or a woman that should be desiring to marry a man when it's the time, she's desiring to marry somebody that looks just like her, a woman. So, you know, this is, not a, uh, this is the time that you and I are living in, and it's, it's a strange time. It's, it's a different time. I'm, I'm still watching to get you the scripture that I got this from because I really want you to see it. It's, it's something that the Apostle Paul spoke to his spiritual son, Timothy. And I'm going to find it for you now. Okay, so that's found in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And what I read to you was taken from 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I read from verses 2 to verse 4. So we read three verses, 2, 3, and 4. So this is where we are right now. And while we are never to become paranoid or afraid, we need to be cognizant. We need to understand. We need to be uh, mindful of the day and understanding of the day that we're living in, and we need to conduct business accordingly. So in other words, if I don't understand the day that I'm living in, I'm not going to behave correctly. I'm going to be doing something out of order. I need to be behaving in line with the day that I'm living in. I need to be relevant I need to be conscious. I need to be understanding of the day that I live in. Because if I understand the day I live in, then I'll conduct business accordingly. According, It's going to be matching and fitting and suitable to the day I live in. So I can become relevant. What does relevant mean? It means to be pertinent, applicable appropriate, having significant and demonstrable bearing on the matter at hand. So you and I, if we really want to be Christians, followers of Jesus Christ that are at the cutting edge and, and, and we're being good examples for other people to watch our lives, then we need to be relevant. We're not living in 1910. We're not living in 1990. We're not even living in the year 2000 when the 21st century first came in. And to be very honest, we're not even living in 2020. This is now our 
this is now the last day. I'm sharing this word with you the last day of October 2021. You might listen to it maybe November or December or even in 2022, Lord willing. But this is when I'm giving this word. And so whenever you hear this word, please remember that God wants you to be living a life that is pertinent and applicable and appropriate for the day that you're living in. This is our God and this is how he operates, how he conducts business. For example, when he tells us that he is the great I am, he is everything that we need in each and every circumstance. So when we're hungry, he is our bread. When we're thirsty, he's not going to be talking about giving us bread. He says when we're, we're thirsty, he is our water. When we're deceived, he's the truth. And when we're spiritually dead, he is our life. So when we're lost, he is the way. Amen. When we're in need of a miracle, he's our miracle worker. When we're in need of having a promise be fulfilled, he is the promise keeper. When we find ourselves engrossed in great darkness, he's the light in the darkness. This is who he is. And on and on the list goes. That's why, as I spoke in a word, I believe I, I preached this word on Reaching Out Radio International, maybe back in 2019 or early 2020, but I said, he is the great I am. So whatever we need God to be, that's who he is. Again, if we're thirsty, he's our water, our spiritual water, that means. But he also will supply even physical, natural water if we're thirsty and we trust God and believe God. So how is the world going to know about and be able to see who Jesus is? To answer that question, let's turn our thoughts to the children of Israel just briefly. And when they lived in Goshen, Goshen was a district in the country of Egypt back in biblical times, even though we still have the country of Egypt today. It's also a city, Goshen, in, in South Judah. It's a place of comfort and plenty. Now, the Word of God tells us in Exodus chapter 10 and verse 22, So Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky, and total darkness covered all Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or move about for three whole days. They were just, just imagine, close your eyes, get in a dark place, and if you're in a really dark place, you cannot even see your hand that might be in front of your face. And so that's what Egypt looked like at that time. Yet all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Now, the land of Goshen was located in the eastern part of the Nile Delta. Not in the middle and center of all of the Egyptian ways of doing things. Rebellion against the true and living God. So basically the, the Israelites were not making any impact on the Egyptian lifestyle. And neither were the Egyptians intermingling with the Hebrews to draw them away from the true God. So what, what am I saying by that? It was good that the Israelites were living in Goshen. But the problem about that, it was good for them. The problem about them living in Goshen was that they could not spread the light of the real living God to those that did not know God because there was no intermingling. You and I, on the other hand, we are living in this world, but we're not of the world. So unlike the Israelites that were living in in Goshen and were totally separated from the world and apart from the world, you and I are still living in the world. But the Word of God tells us we, we can be living in the world, but we should not be of the world. And that means we should not have a worldly mindset. So in the Bible, 
Egypt was an idolatrous nation in rebellion against God, although populated by God's people. But Goshen was still part of Egypt. Spiritually, Goshen can represent those worldly places in our lives that we excuse because we are comfortable there and because those places are acceptable to the culture around us. Living in a spiritual Goshen may not be overt sin, but it represents an area of compromise. It's not exactly where God wants us to be. He has more for us than what's available in Goshen. And staying there will keep us from becoming all God intends us to be. God often must allow us to experience defeat or pain in our Goshen in order to motivate us to leave. The promised land awaits. Wise people are willing to leave their spiritual Goshens and follow the Lord to his better place. And the way God brought Joseph to be second in command of all of Egypt, only one with greater control over the affairs of Egypt was the Pharaoh. Himself was Joseph. And why? Why? Because Joseph was able to bring light to the Pharaoh about his very troubling dream when no one else in all of Egypt was able to do that. God's people are light bearers. We are light bearers. Bearers of his light. I am reminded of the golden lampstand in the wilderness tabernacle. Like all the other tabernacle furniture, the golden lampstand, lampstand was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, the future Messiah. In addition to lampstand allowing the priest the ability to see, the lampstand symbolized that God is light. The Apostle John wrote to us in his first epistle, 1 John Chapter 1 and verse 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. I am the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a light and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. This is what I read at the very beginning of this message. So in the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, it was good for the Israelites living in Goshen that they had light. I want this to come home to us. But the light that they had was unable to be of any assistance to the Egyptians. And can you understand where I'm going with all of this? So for you and for me to be relevant to today's present culture, we must understand clearly Paul's teaching to the church at Ephesus. Amen? And he says in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 8 through 10 Now, to be relevant for today's culture we got to understand this. This is a key. This is a principle in the Word of God. Here it goes. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness in truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to 
the Lord. Now remember, the operative word here is formally. For you were formally. That means before you were in darkness. You were no longer to remain in darkness. Now you are light in the Lord. So the command that Paul is giving to the church at Ephesus is walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what pleases God or what is pleasing to the Lord. You and I are not to live the way that we lived previously. You know, it is shocking to me to see people that even, not only are they claiming to be followers of the Lord Jesus, but you know, after a while, people that come into the Christian faith, especially if they have the opportunity, as most people do around the world, around this globe, you know, they, most people, not everybody, but most people have the opportunity to go to a church, whether it's underground or it's in a free, most of us have an opportunity to go to a church freely. We don't have to hide. And so we learn how to talk and use the Christian phrases, the Christian words, the Christian terminology. We know how to say those Christian words to get a good response from the other Christians. But see now, what Paul is talking about right here, he is saying that we're not to, to, to remain in darkness because that's what we were in darkness before we came to Jesus Christ. Now that we're in Jesus, it's not about learning what to say. It's, it's learning how to be. I am shocked to find people that are even in ministry talk to me the way that they talk to me. It is shocking. It is shocking. All of a sudden, the Christianese, you know, that Christian terminology and flair that they put out for other people, in talking to me privately, not everybody, thank God, and not even most people, it's only a few. But but they'll talk to me just like a pig. Like if they were an animal and they were a pig. And I'm wondering, how could this same individual that speaks so nice talk to me the way that they're talking to me? And I understood. And I, 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 I see now in scripture that here goes somebody that they they copied other Christians and they're putting on a presentation but there's no substance inside of them there is no Jesus light there is no spirit of God but they're just copying words and putting facial expressions for those particular people to see them in that light but they're not living that light because the light is not in them. So they, 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 they cannot really produce what is not inside of them. But now I'm speaking to those of you that have the light. You have truly had the Spirit of God come and live inside of you. And so it would hurt your heart to speak to people so profoundly wrong because that's just not in you. It's, it's not who God created you to be. And so he said to the church here at Ephesus, walk as children of light because the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Another thing about these people that don't speak good is that they lie. They lie and they try to make others believe a false narrative. And they're liars. The truth is not in them. Now, as a, as a Christian, as a, somebody that's truly 
um, had the Spirit of God deposited inside of them. We have the Spirit of God in us that we can forgive that individual or those individuals. But we're not to be like them. And I would even encourage you to to not even, if they don't want to repent, then you can part ways with them because they're just not right. Something inside of them is critically wrong. Let us that are walking in the light of Jesus learn what is pleasing and acceptable and good and truthful and of right standing before God. And that's how we can make an impact. It, you know, if we say, wow, look at the world that we live in. This is, this is deep. This is a world that is unlike, you know, anything that we've ever seen. So what do we do as God's beloved children when we're living in the middle of a very crooked, perverse, contrary to God, and very wicked world? What do we do? Christ, our great commander, our savior, our master, our Lord, our creator, the one who is soon coming, our king, he told us exactly how to conduct business in these days. He told us exactly what we should be doing in such incredibly dark times. We're to obey and follow what he taught us to do in that very first portion of scripture that I read in the beginning. He he tells you, and I'm talking to you, woman of God. I'm talking to you, man of God. I'm talking to you, child of God. Those of you that have truly been blood washed, you truly, you're not just mimicking other people, but you've been discipled. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. You're, you're, you're not trying to manipulate. You're not trying to sabotage. You're not trying to second best, second guess somebody. But, but you're living in honesty. I'm talking to you, man of God. You, woman of God. You are the light of the world. And you are like a city that is set on a hill. A city that's on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Of course not. When I go and light a lamp, I put it on my my table so that the light can be shared with me and others. I put it on a stand so it can give light to all that's in the house. I'm not going to go and hide it. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So you're asking yourself the question, well, what can I do in these perverse times? You can let your light shine. That's what you do. It's the light that Jesus gave you, and no demon in hell can can remove that from you. Amen. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. When people see The Spirit of God, if you're legitimate, if you're really born again, and you're living a life that is pleasing to God, not just, you know, for some people to see, but for all to see. And at all times, you're not switching it up with people that you don't like and behave, you know, like some kind of a demon. No. You are shedding the light of God all the time. It's just who you are now. So, if you're hearing my voice and you're wondering what you can do in this perverse generation, shine. Shine your light. Because you're in the middle of darkness and you're the light that God places there so that you can make a difference for the glory of God. It's not you, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ inside of you. That people will be drawn to. You know, I'm sure some of you have heard, you know, there's just something about you. You're so different in this corrupt world. You're not like the others on this job. There's nothing fake about you. There's nothing phony about you. There's no hypocrisy in you. 
You seem to be pure. You seem to be clean. You're not looking for how you can hurt somebody. You're not trying to call people up to see how you can spread evil about somebody. That's what wicked people do. That's what evil people do. That's not what good people do. But but you live different. You live innocent. You live above reproach. And when people see you live like that, they want to come close to you. They want to be your friend. They want to see what makes you get up in the morning. What what makes you like that? And then you have the opportunity, the glorious opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus with people because you're a light and so the theme of this message tonight is shine your lights and do not let anybody put them out of course the enemy would desire to put out your light oh my goodness and how does the enemy work the enemy will try to come and use a weak person a person that's not walking after the spirit a person that is not um, desiring your best. A person that has malintent, bad intentions. He will use that individual to try to spread lies about you, rumors about you, anything that they can do to try to dim down and dumb down your light or, or remove your joy. That's what they'll do. Can you imagine? And so you have to understand this is the work of the enemy. This is what the devil does. He tries to hurt you. And if he can't get you that way, then he'll try to bring people to say things to you and call you all kinds of things. You know, tell you things that are totally not true, totally deception. And that's because they're not walking right with God. But I am telling you, you and I as God's people, we have to identify and be like those sons of Issachar that we talked about in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. Of the sons of Issachar, they were men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. What should you do? In this kind of an atmosphere, when the people of the world are hating Christians, the people of the world, you know, they're saying that Christians now, especially in the United States of America, we're on at the lead of a list of terrorists. You and I, if we really walk with God, if we really honor God, if we really live for God, if we really uh, try to... Uh, represent the word of God and live according to his will and his premise and his precepts and his principles, now we're known as terrorists. So I don't want you to think it's strange because this is what the world does. And you might say, well, Sister Pearl, that sounds like somebody in my church. Well, there's a lot of worldly people in the church and they might have a ministry That doesn't mean anything. They might even be pastors. They might even be bishops. They might even be whatever. And they're not living for God. They're living for themselves. They're living for their own flesh. They're living uh, so that they can be seen. They don't care about God. They don't care about God. They don't care about his people. They don't care about his will. They don't care about anything. It's all about them and it's not about Jesus. Do not let these kind of religious people turn you around or turn you back from being a true light in the midst of their darkness. Focus. Understand. These are very provocative times. Chaotic times. Times where confusion as, as I said earlier, is being promoted and pushed. And even some of the Christian ones, they do not want to engage to make a difference 
and to stand for righteousness. That's okay. Because this is the time that Jesus told us it was going to be days like this. It was going to be days like this. How is the enemy going to try to get you to turn aside? He's going to use people that you would never guess. The people that you think should be very, you know, close to you. The people that should be very good to you. The people that you've done a lot of good for. Those are the very ones. Some of them, thank God, not everybody. But some of those very ones that you would have given your life for will be the ones to backstab and to hurt you because their hearts are not right. So what do we do? We forgive them, we bless them, and we let them go their way. Amen? And we determine that we will be lights in the midst of their darkness or in the midst of the world's darkness. Because God is still making a division between darkness and the light, just like what he did in the first book of Genesis. He's making a very clear separation between darkness and light. And sometimes, you know, light is going to be in the midst of darkness to shine, amen, and to make an impact. Not that we're going to allow the darkness to overtake us or to, 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 to dim down our light. But what do you do when it's religious darkness? What do you do then? When it's not just darkness of the world, but it's religious darkness. People that are talking just like you, but they're not living clean before God. They're not living pure. They're doing a lot of evil and wicked things, saying evil and wicked things, because their hearts are not right. You remove yourself. The light is separated from the darkness. This is a time, beloved, that we have to discern, you know, really what time it is. Again, that portion of scripture uh, in 2 Timothy that I, I got for you before, that I looked up for you. 2 Timothy chapter 3. These are days where there are truth breakers, false accusers. Some outside of the household of faith and some inside the household of faith. Because these are false accusers. They're deceivers. In the house of God, but not are really of God. They're despisers of those that are good. They're traitors. They're heady and high-minded. Always thinking about themselves. And how they can promote themselves. This is where we are right now. But God wants us to just remain light. Just remain light. And I'm going to use that term light. Not only to, to shed. Um, meaning the absence of darkness. But also he wants us to be light. And not let the, the darkness and the heaviness and the ugliness, you know, just weigh on us so heavy that we can't even breathe, that we're being suffocated. He wants us to be light. Light. L-I-G-H-T versus heavy of heart. And he wants us to be light that we can shine. That's how God operates. That's how he conducts business. Some people, um, they're just not right. They're just something about them that is not right. They put on a really good front, but at the end of the day, they have never, ever, ever come in contact with the true spirit of God. Because when you really have the true spirit of God. I don't know why I'm hanging on this issue for a while. I know it's for somebody who's listening. You need to hear this. There, there are people inside the churches claiming to be people of light, but they're not. Nothing about them is light. 
They're very, very, very good pretenders. Extremely good. But they're not, something about their spirit is extremely bad and dark. And they're just not pure. They're just not right. What do we do with these people? And how do we remain light around them? Like I'm talking to somebody now. Bless them, but don't let them, you know, don't let them, don't let them impact your life any longer. See them for who they are and keep moving. Bless them, pray for them, ask God to help them, but don't let them keep you down or, or put you down. Or, you know, or keep you back from what God has from you. God will bless you in the midst of them. They're not going to like it, but you'll be blessed anyway. So God wants you to shine. That was for somebody that's going through some situation there. God wants you to shine. All of us, even if we're in our workplace, you know, in our jobs, and there's great darkness in our job, uh, the words that we hear being said are just horrific. They grieve our Holy, you know, the Holy Spirit inside of us. Um, what does God want you to do? Well, what He doesn't want you to do, He does not want you to partake in their darkness. So if you are around, whether you're in the cafeteria or in the lunchroom or whatever, and they're laughing and, and joking about somebody, don't join them. Don't join them. Or, or they're, you know, speaking a lot of negativity or a lot of even curse words. I am shocked to find what some Christians, the kind of words some Christians are using, it is shocking. It is shocking. What's coming out of the mouth of Christians? Supposedly Christians and even ministers. I had somebody claiming to be a Christian to ask me if somebody else called me the B word. And, 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 and the person he was talking about is supposed to be a Christian. Shocking. But this is the condition of their spirit, of their mind, of their hearts. I would never even think of that. But this is where, this is where this, these individuals are. So, please, I exhort you. I bring you the same words that Paul gave the church in Ephesus. Remember, we were formerly darkness. Now we're not. We're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Please, for the sake of the Lord Jesus, walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, not lies, not false accusations. And then when we shine... Multiply. Don't just shine, but share that light. Multiply that light. Let that light in you be able to illuminate more than you. Go beyond you. Be bigger than you. Amen. Amen. Let me pray with you. God wants us to shine our lights. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're supposed to do. Shine those lights for all to see. Is everybody going to like your light to shine? No. Some people are going to hate you just because you shine. Just for no other reason than that you're shining, they hate you. And that's okay. Because I guarantee you, they, they cannot remain, you know, that way. They'll either have to change or God's going to deal with them. You don't change and you don't dumb down and you don't dim and you don't make your light less to make somebody else feel good. Shine. Shine your light. Shine the light for all to see and for God to be glorified. Please, because when you shine the light, you will bring other people that are in darkness to come away from darkness and come towards the light and be led to the Lord Jesus Christ. What greater blessing is that than for you to shine and then your light to be multiplied? 
May the Lord bless you abundantly. May his light shine upon you. And may he give you tremendous peace. If you don't know the Lord, cry out to him. Talk to him. Talk to him the same way you would talk to somebody that's very special. Ask him to forgive you. And, and then tell him that you want to follow him. You want your light to be his light shining inside of you. This is all for today. May God bless you. May heaven shine upon you. And may you continue to shine your light so bright that everyone around will see you and be drawn to Jesus Christ because of his great light inside of you. God bless you. This is your sister Pearl. In the word with Sister Pearl. Reaching out Radio International. God bless you until the next time. I love you. But God loves you so much more.